Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversation with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. Thank you, Santa. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm going to cut you off right there before (laughs) you ruin it. (laughs) Not because you're a bad singer, but because... It's fine. It's too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Our listeners are listening to this on the second Monday of December. True. That's not too soon. It's getting there. We are... We do. In the holidays. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes, we do. We actually do. Yeah, so, but um, we are recording this mid-October. Yeah, so. <laughs> so to us, it's like 75 and warm outside. We're probably going to smack We're about ourselves. to have a nice weekend. Yeah, for saying that. It's not going to be I had nice to in do December. It. I had to do it. I ain't mad at you. Yep. So obviously Christmas is coming up and we actually are going to have a little like holiday themed episode next week. Mm. So that'll be fun. Actually the next couple of weeks because we'll do a New Year's one too. Sure. It'll Why be not? It'll be really fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, how you doing? I'm doing okay for midweek in October. <laughs> it's not December. I wish we were in December oh right goodness. now. I know I... all of you are, but. I wish we were actually there. We are there. currently not. It's the reality of it. We're not Halloween people. Yeah, we're trying to skip over that just because we didn't, I mean, I don't know. I just want to jump into Christmas, yeah, all right? Yeah, it's not really about Halloween. It's like- <laughs> It's not exciting. Why can't we be closer to Christmas? Yes, exactly. That's really what it is. We're just waiting for the holidays. Um, I'm doing good, though. I recently crushed my toe. Right. Recently, as in like three days ago. It's bad. It's not good. I've seen worse injuries. But you never really realize how much your big toe on your left foot helps you walk until you can't put any pressure on it at all. My big toe right now is black. Not the whole thing, but like swollen. under the toenail, it's black. Red. It's gross. I'm not going to describe it all to you. It's, you don't, you don't want to know. It's not good, and it's just tiring to walk. So He's hobbling around, Yeah. and when he is on it for long periods of time, the swelling just gets worse. So I have to be like, babe, just go sit down. I'll clean up the kitchen. Yeah, I try to help, but like my foot, all, the whole foot swells up, and then they lose feeling in all of it. Yes. And I'm like, I can't stand. But by the time you all are listening to this episode, his toe will be fine. Praise be. It will <laughs> so, be healed. I hope. If you're listening to this, don't bring up Jaren's toe to him because it actually happened two months ago. <laughs> yeah, the mental wound is still going to be fresh. It might be. All right. Well, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we kind of explain how we are going to be doing these heart checks in the beginning of our episodes. We're doing these little weekly check-ins and that's how we are starting off our beginning segment of our podcast so we're going to get into that but if you want to know more about it check out last week's episode but i'm gonna ask you honey okay (laughs) get your yawn out Uh. 
What is something that I have been doing well this past week? You've been doing so much well. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing a lot of so things. So much well. Not so much well, but like you've been doing so much well. Oh, okay. Um, since I crushed my toe, I've really felt pretty worthless. The day after, I literally just laid in bed and watched TV, texting you while you were out running errands like, I'm a loser. I'm worth, you know, I felt, I just hate that. So you've been doing really good, not just like taking care or making sure I take care of my own foot well, because I kind of lack in that, but doing my portion of the stuff, the house, household things as well Mm -hmm. without complaining at all. And I think that's a huge thing. You haven't once been like, oh, come on, just anything. None of that. You just like go sit down, go rest. I'll do everything. And I really appreciate that. Even though I hate it because I should be able to stand for five minutes and load the dishwasher, but it is what it is. Yeah. So it is what it is. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. What is something that I've been doing well lately (laughs) in lieu of just being a loser? Nothing physical. Nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) You've actually been very encouraging with your words lately. Like I feel like you have been kind of making up for the lack of physical help with just you've been telling me that like this isn't the first time that I've heard you say that like you've been doing good you're doing a lot so yeah I appreciate you a you've lot you've been really encouraging me encouraging me with your words which makes me feel appreciated which in turn makes me want to continue helping you know I don't feel like you take advantage of it like you're very appreciative of it yeah. and like you say that with your words so yeah. good thank you I definitely know the burden it puts on you Whenever one person can't help out and you have to double up now on the household stuff and kids stuff because you've been out sick, then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder. Just having, just doing it by yourself. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's hard. So good. Thank you. Well, what about, is there anything that you feel like you need or want or desire that I could be doing better? Yeah, I would think, I don't. I never fault you for any of this stuff either because I know, I know life happens. And But like if I could just express something, it would probably be some like physical intimacy, like initiating hugging or sitting on my lap and the, or something like that, you know, just, but mm-hmm. I also understand like uh, you can't just like come and sit on my lap because my foot is propped up. I'm laying on the couch with my foot in the air, you know, like you're I get it too. when you're healed up. When I'm healed up, you, just some physical loving, you, you want know. some physical touch. Yeah, some, <laughs> a good hug or a cuddle or, you know. I hear you. Okay. What about me? I would say going in the direction of love languages, quality time would be something, which we normally do really great at quality time. Yeah. But lately, I feel like we haven't been... I don't know, talking as much, or maybe it's just felt like we haven't had a lot of time. A lot of times we kind of just sit and we get lost in conversation and we have really deep talks and I love that. And it's kind of nice that we're getting back into podcasting because that kind of forces us to do that. But I guess maybe since we've been taking a break, that hasn't been as big of a priority and I really enjoy that. And I think rather than, you know, laying in bed and like watching three episodes at night before we fall asleep occasionally it would be nice to just like yeah i agree with that and talk and you know yeah we could do that i know this week has been bummer because 
I can't even like this sometimes it's hard to focus off. on talking because I know it, I don't know the past few days have been rough we've been we've tried to talk but I'm just like spacing out and like getting nauseous in the truck and yeah. stuff I don't know I was just I'm worthless we've I'm literally worthless right now for propping everything. Jaren's foot up at night getting him an ice pack yeah. you know the past few days really have been weird yeah so but looking, I know once all this yeah. is done I know we're going to looking you know, forward to some a, normalcy yeah exactly all right is there anything else that you kind of like you have on your heart or mind that you want to share there's a couple things that i've just been thinking about this week just general interests we've been watching the chosen mm-hmm. on amazon mm-hmm. and it's like not really a docuseries but it's just like a depiction of jesus life from when he started his ministry on up there's only like two seasons right now it's kind of it's like a crowdfunded thing but it's been really cool it's been really like kind of like opening my eyes to see Jesus in in a new perspective and Mm -hmm. whether if you like the show or if you don't you know still I think for me it's been good to see the life of Jesus and like the stories we read in the scriptures sometimes can come off as just so straightforward and you just read it no emotion to them whatsoever yes you just read it it happened then Jesus went and hid hid from the crowd then the next day he did another miracle and then he was tired and then he went and hid from the crowd it's hard to like imagine those things to use your imagination to add emotion to the story like I I don't know know. it gives me nothing like I don't know (laughs) it definitely feels like that sometimes but this series has definitely been like when Jesus was healing people all day long literally lined up at his tent and you know his disciples were there helping him and like he did it from sun up to sundown didn't send anybody home and then after he was done everyone no one was there anymore because the sun was down he just like said good night and was so exhausted and went to his tent and laid down he didn't talk to anyone he just said good night and then left and i'm like man it just sometimes helps to visually see a depiction of what mm-hmm. that could have been like you For don't sure. know exactly what it was like but man, he was he was a human. Right. He was a man just like I am, and he got super tired, and his body was wearing him down, just like it, you know, just like everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been on my heart, been thinking about that and trying to see Jesus in a new mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, which is probably good. Yeah, to remember around Christmas time too. Right. So. What What about you? Have you had anything specific on your heart? Mm, I don't think so. I have enjoyed mm. that that series though. Yeah, it's been good. All right. Well, today's episode is all about how do we prioritize being a good spouse and being a good parent at the same time. Oh my goodness, that's going to be so hard. We're going to talk about that. But first, I kind of want to get into what does it even mean to kind of live in this middle ground? Jaren and I kind of talk about a lot how we like live life in the middle. Yeah. We're not really on extreme sides of anything yeah we don't really lean so heavy one way that we just are blinded to the other side right in anything yeah and i kind of want to get into like what that looks like what does that mean what does that mean do you think how would you describe to people what living in the middle is or looks like i mean our disposition is one of humility a lot of times not saying you know not perfect at it. Not but. saying like, I'm so humble. Cause that's like not a humble thing to say. Right. You know, you don't say, you don't boast about being humble. <laughs> that's real awesome. humble over there. Uh, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like, I know. Yeah. You, you take a like, position of like, I don't know everything. Right. And I could, I could swear up and down that I know that like politically, this is where this is correct. Politically, this is best for the country. And then like, you just don't know. Cause like every situation is different and 
you don't know everything. So yeah. like keeping that mindset in all aspects other than like faith and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, we do keep that in faith as well. In aspects theologically. In faith, yeah, yes. because there are certain things in faith that are 100 mm-hmm. percent you don't deviate from them that they are the foundations but then there's a lot of things that are secondary or tertiary things that like it doesn't matter yeah and like we have been in parts in uh, spots in our life where we like to pick those things apart mm-hmm. we pick apart what side of the spectrum we want to be on in our faith or politically or anything yeah and we found it's gotten us nowhere mm-hmm. other than just like we bicker and it feels like gossip and it's so crazy when you find the loopholes and you yeah. find like, oh, there's some truth to the other side. And it just makes you feel so silly for standing so passionately for one side or one theological point. And then like you find yourself seeing the opposite to maybe be true too. And you just, it really humbles you. And that's kind of where we have found ourselves in so many areas of our life Yeah, where we have been very kind of like loud, boisterous, we believe this, you know, and just flag in the ground. This is where we are. This is our stance. This is where we're at. But we have found recently that that's probably not the best place to be and it's exhausting to maintain that to always always have to be on the on the defense of i believe this and then when one person challenges it and they have a good argument you're like well shoot now i have to i'm still super strong over here and i don't want to hear what they say because it tears tears down my argument when it's just like oh yeah you could be right Uh, yeah maybe maybe you're right maybe you're wrong maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong doesn't matter you know i think we kind of got to a point where like uh, i just don't want to bicker about it right So some different examples of this. We've already mentioned a few theologically, politically, Mm -hmm. um, even our health. We can be either healthy or we're unhealthy. There's no middle, you know, like we categorize people and things. We compartmentalize and label everything, like you said, in church and denominations and in politics. Everything has a label. Everything has a... This is where Category. you are. This is where you are. This is where you are. Yes. Even yes. in parenting, we've got gentle parenting and traditional parenting and, you know, all the different ways of parenting. And in, mm-hmm. in homeschool, we have traditional school versus homeschool. And there's just so many things that we can, like you said, put flags in the ground and say, this is the best way to do it. This is the only way to do it. And we have just found it's even if we feel that it's the best way to do it, to not just like shout it from the rooftops sure. because your best way and how you're living, it might be the best way for you in this area of your life, where you're at right now, on your walk right now, but it might not be for every single family out there. Yeah, the only, I don't think there's really much of anything worth shouting from the rooftop. This is the only correct way other than like Our foundational faith. things in yeah. faith. Yeah, like just standing up there saying, this is how everyone has to eat, whether we believe it or not. Yeah. We are pretty strong about like how we should nourish our bodies. We're For pretty, sure. we don't lean a lot on that, but we research stuff and like. We change our minds a lot. We change our mind on it all the time, <laughs> yeah. even though we're so like that is probably one of the biggest areas that we are sticklers about. We mm-hmm. change our mind on it all the time. Yeah. And so, I'm still someone who like, I feel like it's best for me. But I'm not going to go around shouting how everyone else needs to be doing this For and sure. needs to be eating this way. Like you can eat however you want and be a great Christian and be a great follower of Christ. You know, like yeah. do I think it's best? Sure. But I'm not gonna go telling everyone how they need to live in all these small little areas. Yeah. It's not really our job. So something I wanna touch on, do you think that kind of like living in this middle ground 
not being so passionate about anything, not taking strong stances in anything, do you think that that makes you a lukewarm Christian? Because I think some people would argue that. That's a really big question. I don't know if it makes you a lukewarm Christian, but I definitely think it makes you appear that way because you don't want to get into it about all the little details. I do think you should know answers about your faith, even like obviously the primary things like salvation, Jesus rose from the grave and ascended to heaven, stuff like that. Even secondary things you should probably be pretty sound on, but I don't know if Jesus wants us to go around bickering about it with everyone. And if that makes you appear like you're not you know, charismatic enough or extreme enough or passionate enough and you just seem passive about your Christianity and about your faith or about politics, you can come off as apathetic. And that can appear lukewarm, I think. So to answer the question, you're not supposed to be lukewarm. You're supposed to know, you're supposed to be certain of your faith. But I think that saying that comes like um, this attitude of pride sometimes can get in there and be like, I am so certain of these. The primary things, yes, you should be definitely certain of, and even some other things too, but like the things that are actually not clear in the Bible or not clear politically for every person group. I think Jesus doesn't want us to come off prideful more so than he wants us to be correct on secondary things. Yeah. I think he cares more about the position of our heart toward our fellow brothers than he does about, well, you're, yeah, Technically, you were correct in that argument, but you made your brother question his faith now, so... I think that we equate being loud with being passionate, and that's not the same thing. You think about the scriptures where it says to go in quiet and pray to God and not go out on the streets and, like, you know, for everyone to hear and things like that. And even the... I have one written down, James 1.19, about being quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah. And I think that that is so important. We must always be teachable. We must always be good listeners because you're right. We don't always know everything, but I don't think being loud and constantly yelling what things you're passionate about is actually a good... That's not having a tact. right view of Jesus or God or I don't know you know what I mean like yeah I, I think what you're saying now is what I mumbled through saying for like 30 <laughs> seconds a minute ago well yeah. yeah I think that's a good point like it's just not tactful it doesn't it's not effective it's not smart yeah to just blast your opinions all over everything because when it really comes down to it things that aren't foundational issues are your opinions yeah. And you can be so strong on your opinion, but if somebody else has an opposite opinion and you're both Christians, like, what do you say? Yeah. You're both, one of you is wrong and one of you is sinning? Like, no. And that's what I always just try to remind myself, slow to speak. Right. These are not facts. These are not things that I can say that I 100% know. I am not God, you know? Right. It's a very humble position, like you said, to not really speak like these things are absolutes, you know? Yeah. And that can be hard to do and you might think that you're not showing your passion or whatever it might be but really other than the foundational things everything else is up for negotiation and i don't think jesus wants us to be passionate about the facts 
He wants us to be passionate about loving him and right. loving other people. Yeah. In this Chosen series we're watching, you see the Pharisees are passionate about the facts. They show up to Jesus when he's having dinner with a bunch of people and bust him on the facts. They're like, you can't heal this guy and he can't pick his bed up because he's not allowed to carry his bed from one place to another place on Shabbat, on this on the Sabbath. Yeah. And they bust him on that. And like, oh, he doesn't care. He's like what are you talking to me about this for? You know, all his disciples are like, do you not even notice what happened? Like he is out loving people while the other religious folk, even the religious folk of our day are trying to bust people on facts. And it's just a waste of time. Yeah, it really is. Like we should love our brother first or love God, then love our brother first. And Mm -hmm. that should be what we're doing. So we've kind of been on religion for a hot minute, but I want to kind of segue this into marriage and parenting. We've kind of been talking about loving to live in that middle ground not being on opposite extremes you know like even with politics like we can see a middle ground we're not one way or the other and i think we do this in marriage and parenting as well i think marriage has kind of become this separate thing on this side and parenting is this other separate thing on this side and it doesn't coexist yeah and it doesn't There's no middle ground. There's no talking about it both. They don't complement each other well. We have categorized them into two separate categories, and they're not one, which is interesting because biblically, like the family unit, we are all living in one house, and we are the family unit, but like when we talk about marriage and parenting, it's always like we talk about marriage and we talk about parenting, but like it's never both. We categorize everything. Yeah, it's like we're separate in that. Me and mom need separate time because we're married away from the kids or when we're parenting we kind of break up apart you know we divide and conquer you know I'll take these kids you take those kids and they don't see us together doing stuff yeah that's a good point I think we like to separate and compartmentalize marriage and parenting we just we don't talk about them cohesively and how they work together which is very important because we are together 99% of the time you know our kids see us together and we're with our kids all five of us our family is together all the time Yeah. So because they're talked about separately so much, it's kind of hard to wrap our brains around doing both of them well at the same time. For sure. We know how to do parenting well over here when we're in parent mode. And we know how to do marriage well over here when we have alone time or a date night and we're in marriage mode. But how do we combine them? How do we do it? What is the answer? Well, I think in the past, we've talked a lot about boundaries with kids, right? We've went into that. Sure. Um, Creating time for your marriage and date nights and all of that. And like, that's important. All of that is good. But I think it's important to note that you don't have to be away from your kids to have a good marriage. Yeah. You don't have to choose parenting or marriage. You can choose them both. They They should coexist. In the same moment. Very well together. Yeah. That's how we were designed or else God wouldn't have made the family unit that way. Like we're in the same house together all the time. So we should figure out a way. How do we merge these two things and do them both well at the same time? Let's do two really hard things at the same time (laughs) and do it well. We got this. Yeah. How do we do that? (laughs) Great. Great question, honey. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to bounce that right back to you (laughs) to say, what do you think about that? How do we do that well? How do we do both well? How do you even do one of them well, really? But (laughs) how do you do both of them at the same time in the same moment? What's a good example? An obvious one. We have to give space for each thing. 
We have to be able to allow our spouse to have time with their children without like grumbling. Like if our partner is hanging out with the kids and like playing a game with the kids, you can't get upset about that. Like that should bring you joy. Allow space for each other, the parents, to have good relationships with the kids, to be a good mother, to be a good father. You have to give space for that and be proud of them for that. Encourage them in that. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Be united on that front of like, hey, I'm going to, you know, so like I said earlier about divide and conquer, it's kind of you don't need to stand there and hold hands all day long while you're doing stuff. But like you both agree like, hey, while you're cooking dinner, I'm going to play chess with our oldest or I'm going to do a game with them, you know, and we're kind of dividing and conquering that way. Yeah. So you got to give space for that. You got to give space for hanging out with the kids. And we also have to give space for marriage. We have to realize that it's not always about the kids the same way it's not always about us you know we give up time for our kids often and sometimes it's not about the kids the kids need to learn that like mom and dad have a relationship too and just as much as we love playing games and spending time with them we also want to spend time with each other and we need to model to our kids that we love each other so much and we want to talk to each other and do things together yeah, you kind of did this the other night. You kind of like headed this. Whenever I got home, I like laid on the couch like a worthless slob because my toe <laughs> propped up, you know, just laying there being a slouch. Uh-huh. And the kids were in the living room just being kids. And they were just asking a question every second. Like it was just asking questions. And you were like, all right, guys, I need to talk to dad for a little bit. You guys need to stop asking questions. Me and dad need to talk. But we were with the kids. We didn't go to another room. We didn't. Yeah. We sat there with them in the same room and said, don't talk to us because we want to talk. Took about 10 tries, but <laughs> finally got there. And yeah, and that was good. That was. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, the respect needs to go both ways. The same way that we can spend time with our kids playing a board game and the other spouse is not going to interrupt. We need to teach our kids that when mommy and daddy talk, they need to also not interrupt. We are all important in this house we all make time for each other and everyone needs to learn that we need to make room for each other so we all have good relationships with each other that's going to make us coexist well as a family unit is if we all make space for each other yeah to have good relationships that's so true so another thing that i have is make time for the whole family to bond together if you're never spending fun time together as a family you probably won't have a good relationship with them i feel like laughter and joy fuels connection and that's something that i have learned recently because i've struggled to do this honestly having young kids i have a hard time make believing and playing with my kids like i really really do but now that our kids are starting to get a little bit older it's become easier for me like going out and playing gaga ball with them on the trampoline and we're all laughing and we're all having a good time those things fuel connection with our kids and that is going to bond you closer together mom and dad are included in on the fun and the kids can see that Mm -hmm. and it helps everyone's relationships grow all of you are growing together and that's important for marriage and parenting you're all having fun you're all growing together but it doesn't have to look like a specific way you know you can do this in a lot of ways you can do board game nights if you have older kids like we do 
or if it's nice out, go play kickball together or whatever. Or if your kids are really young and you struggle to make believe like I have in the past, you know, they always want to like play with dinos and like you be the worker and I'll be the dino. Like, I can't do that. That's not fun for me. <laughs> like, I just can't. You're like, oh, yeah, great. Here I am. Bounce, but you can still bond with your younger kids by, like, taking them on a nature walk, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be this, you know, babyish thing where you're just forcing it. You can still bond together as a family doing things like that. Yeah, but sometimes if you got a two-year-old who likes to play dinosaurs, you can you can play dinosaurs with them. Like, that's what they like to do, too. Right, mom. You can. I mean, I never did. <laughs> I mean, I did. He would hand me. Eli would hand me a dinosaur and be like, "Hey, you be this one. I'm gonna be this one, and I'm gonna we're gonna play Smash Bros with dinosaurs." I'm like, "Okay, sure. I don't know." I mean, yeah, you can fake it, and it'll be good for them, but yeah. you don't feel any bond. Yeah. From I mean, sometimes that's part of parenting with the little kids. I'm yep. like, I'm just holding this toy, trying to not get my finger smashed when he's just like smashing his on mine. And yes, I'm like, oh but if you don't love and enjoy that, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do that. You, can you say, are good at other things, and it's okay. Right. Yeah, we all have our own strengths. Yep. Okay, so my next thing is to model love for your spouse in front of your kids. Oh, that's a good one. This is where we compartmentalize. You don't have to only flirt or be cute or kiss or hug when you've already tucked the kids in bed and you're like in your room hiding and they're not around. Lord knows you'll get no action if you wait till the end of the day <laughs> to start flirting. That is true too. So Learn to do those things in front of your kids. Hold hands, cuddle, encourage each other with your words in front of your kids, you know? Um, Jaren always like randomly spins and dips me in the kitchen and Violet <laughs> randomly wanted. Did she want you to do that or did you just she do She would her? be like, do me, do me. Yeah. And I would so like. So it's become a thing right now. Yeah. I would spin her, but then like when I dipped her, I would pick up her leg and like do it <laughs> almost upside down, like super exaggerated because she's you know totally a little kid so i can but i love that because whatever your kids see modeled to them is what they will expect one day out of marriage yeah and wow yeah that's really if they never see mom and dad like even liking each other like the bare minimum like that is what they think marriage is forever yeah, and if you, I want them to expect so much out of their spouse. Yeah, exactly. If you never act married because you're always in parent mode around your kids, mm-hmm. they're never going to see a good, healthy marriage. They're going to see two adults who take care of them and their names are mom and dad. Right. But if you're not, I mean, you need to kiss, you need to hug, you need to do silly things, you know, stuff like that. So they see what a marriage should look like too. Yeah, and if that's all you do, do you think that they'll actually want to get married based off of what you show? They won't have, Do you think that marriage is something yeah, they're going to look forward to? Got to make it look good for them. Make it look fun, you know? This is all very much like our oldest kid is seven. So we don't really know what this looks like with teenagers. We can't really apply this type of thinking to yeah, teenagers because they probably don't want to see that, you know? But yeah, I would imagine. But We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> this is our house. You live here, you want to see it. Which kind of segues into the next point which is to speak highly of marriage and speak highly of children i think we've gotten really used to belittling the people that are closest to us we talk about kids like they're just the biggest inconvenience when we chose to have them you know like (laughs) we chose to have them and then they're inconvenient for us like duh (laughs) what do you think it's gonna be easy yeah 
Exactly. No. <laughs> and we do the same thing in marriage where we make fun of our spouses constantly or oh, yeah. even kind of pitting our spouse against each other to our kids like well dad won't let you do that so sorry like go talk to him about it you know like we just don't speak highly of marriage and parenting in the family unit and how you speak becomes how you believe so I think it's really important to in front of your kids speak really high of your spouse speak really high of your partner so that they know that like mom and dad are on the same team and same in your marriage like speak encouraging things about your kids don't always grumble and complain about them right imagine if i came to you or i came to my oldest kid my oldest son and i was like mom is driving me up the wall today i can't deal today i need to go i'm i'm about to go do something outside he's gonna think he's allowed to talk like that to his wife yeah and like he shouldn't be going to a third person and telling him how he feels about his wife he should be going to his wife and saying this is how i'm feeling today you know or just put it in check himself, you know. You got to teach your kids how to talk to a spouse or their parent, too. Mm-hmm. If you disrespect your spouse in front of your kids, your kids are not going to respect their elder, their mom or dad. Yeah. I know sometimes you can think it's not a big deal to randomly say things. Sometimes it's all fun and games. But there's a part of me that really believes that our words become our reality. Sure. Like what we constantly speak becomes what we think. And what we think becomes what we act on. Our thoughts, our words, all of that form our behaviors. So what started as a funny joke now becomes how we treat our family regularly. So just be very careful about how you're talking about your kids and how you're talking about your spouse. There's a difference between constructive talk when we're sitting here saying, there's an issue we're having like with one of our children. How can we Sure, yeah. How can we fix that? What can we do? That's constructive, but be careful not to teeter the line of just doing it to vent, doing it for pleasure. Like Like our kid and oh, he was so annoying today. He just bugged me all day long. Yeah, that's really unhealthy. Even if your kid's not there because it's like you said your words have power and like even what you said about a joke. Like yeah. if you're joking like, yeah, mom, she's this, huh? she's, you know, she doesn't, she's not good at that. You keep joking about that for years and years and it just becomes mom's always the butt of a joke. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to cause some, that's, that's going to affect everyone... somebody in some way. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be good. It's not going to be a joke anymore. It's going to be what everyone actually believes, you yeah, know? exactly. And then my last point for this is to recognize that there are seasons for everything. You know, we're kind of talking about cohesively being good at being a parent being good at marriage but I think it's also important to know that the seasons of life that we go through do kind of ebb and flow and sometimes we might be heavier on focusing on our kids and sometimes we might be heavier on focusing on our marriage and that's okay there's going to be seasons where right after you have a baby like you're going to feel like you are 100% focusing on your kids and marriage is taking a backseat. Yeah, because so, you are. So just recognize that. It's it's okay if you are not doing this well all the time. You know, there's, there's seasons of life. There really are. There's times you're on the mountaintop and there's times you're in the valley and like that is what it is. And it's okay if you can't do both well all the time. But know that it is possible to prioritize both when you are living in your house under the same roof. You can have good relationships with your partner, with your kids, 
all at the same time. It is possible, but there are seasons where it's going to feel like something's taking a backseat at times. And if you're in a low and that's happening, that's okay. You don't have to stay there. Lows aren't forever, you know? Yeah, same with the highs. Highs aren't forever. Yeah. (laughs) We should never beat ourselves up over what position we're in, in our marriage, whether it's a low or it's a high. Just know that like, if you're stuck somewhere, that's when you should really like put the work in. I feel like life really is like a big roller coaster. Like there's twists and turns and you're up on a hill and then you're down like, and there's things that you can control within that roller coaster, but the roller coaster itself, you can't control, you know, like you're twisting and turning through life and like, you still have to put in work for sure, but you can't always control the situations that are happening to you. When you're having babies, when... When you smash your toe. When you smash your toe, when health things come up in your family, you know, like, you can't. And it's okay if there are seasons where it doesn't feel like you're doing it super well. Yeah, you have to just adapt, you know, it's part of life. Can't always be 100%. We're just awesome, great, focusing on our marriage and parenting equally balanced, you know, like, just not. Yeah, It just doesn't happen all the time. But if you're in a valley, it might not feel like the tips are doing anything, you know, like, that's possible. You can Google stuff and try to get help, but, like, sometimes you're just, it's not a good spot. So don't beat yourself up over life's hard sometimes, you know. Yeah. So I just wanted to make note of that. But another thing that I want to point out in this episode is I think that our, and let me know what you think about this, babe. Okay. Because I haven't even talked to you about this yet. But Great. I think that our generation has gotten really obsessed and almost like idolizes parenting in our kids. Um, this generation specifically. Um, Millennials? Yes. Like if you go on TikTok, for instance, like this generation is full of advice and tips and coaches and books and everything when it comes to parenting. That's literally what we're doing. I know. (laughs) But I mean, like parenting specifically, like we're talking about combining them. But I'm saying like, this is like the pendulum swing thing where I think like the last generation was very heavy marriage focused. And there was a lot of like marriage retreats and churches put on marriage conferences and like tons of marriage books in that last generation. And I feel like the pendulum has swung and now this generation is very heavy kid parenting focused and that's usually what we see yeah i I can see that pendulum thing you know like we feel like we have neglected being good parents in the past generation so now we are super heavy focused on parenting from my experience from what i have seen at least we want to figure out like what kind of parent we are what personality types our kids have what personality type we have that like correlates with them and like while i think all of that is good and needed our parenting needed some revamping from the previous ways of doing things for sure i think in this generation marriage has kind of taken the back seat because of how far we have swung like, I feel like there's not a lot of, like, new upcoming marriage um, books or podcasts, for instance, which is what we're doing. I don't really see a lot of, like, marriage coaches that are young like us, you know. Like, I feel like it was kind of the past generation. And they're still thriving. I mean, they're still doing great. There's a lot of great marriage resources out there. Yeah. But I feel like now we're very, like, heavy parenting focused and like marriage doesn't seem to be as prioritized in this generation as parenting does i feel like we like very much 
idolize parenting and our kids and like we've just swung the pendulum in the other direction where before like we only cared about marriage our spouse is all that matters kids are down on the totem pole we don't need to be good parents you know like we're now on the opposite yeah i mean i'm not on any kind of social platform like i don't that's true i'm not on anything so i don't know i don't see what the social influences are yeah so i don't know about tiktok or insta or facebook or whatever but from what you've told me and from when I was on that stuff, then yes, I definitely could see there's so many avenues you could go down with parenting. I mean, everything is a market. Like when you're on platforms like that, you are a product and they are trying to get you to buy stuff. They want you to buy into the ideology of gentle parenting or the opposite. You know, any anything you could think of, they want you to buy into it. I don't care what it is. Just buy into an ideology and then start buying their products so they can you know they can make money that's what it's about um i do think the pendulum is swing back toward parenting because a lot of us now probably saw you know us being millennials saw our parents generation neglect parenting and you know the marriage was right first and then like they just it was very much the generation of which i'm not knocking our parents it's just what it was at the time the kids just did what you said obey mm-hmm. without instruction without Um, uh, explanation obey without explanation you just do it because i'm your parent and i told you to do it and that's all you get go um and we are definitely not doing that so yeah i think that's awesome i think it's really great that we are getting tools to becoming better parents like i'm not even knocking all the like coaching and things we're learning like i think that that is good i just think it's important to remember to keep a balance and remember like we're discussing in this episode that marriage and parenting can coexist. We don't have to swing the pendulum. We can do both. Yeah. You know, the pendulum should stop in the middle. Right. Shouldn't go all the way to the other side. That's yeah. all, kind of what we're saying with everything. Right. We don't need the pendulum to swing super Calvinist or super Arminian or yeah. Democrat, Republican, any, right. any of that. Just there is a middle ground and usually mm-hmm. the middle ground is the one that doesn't get attention. Right. Because... The people on either it extremes are not yelling. Passionate. Yeah, it seems <laughs> um, lukewarm. It seems but typically the yeah. truth is in the middle. Is that right? I don't know. That's what my dad always used to say that I stuck with me. Oh, I've never heard that. Like even in like arguments where, uh, like maybe a husband and wife is feeling very opposite extremes of like how we're going to discipline the kids, and if you are super far one way like super super strict and i'm super super far the other way like we seem at complete opposite ends of each other if we're that extremely opposite the truth is typically somewhere in the middle that means we're being too extreme that means you know yeah both of you are probably wrong in some area and you might be right in a little bit but both of you probably need to come to a compromise in the middle yeah like and if I you're think, at an extreme. Yeah, exactly. With politics or religion or health even. like That yeah. doesn't mean you can't like lean one way or the other. I would say that's what we do. Even politically, we probably lean one way. The truth is way. still somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. There's someone who actually like talks politics and stuff and she has this like graph. It's just like this line and like the left is on one side and the right is on one side and there's like a line that divides it. And so she said, typically when we think about left or right, we think about like a person being all the way on the left side to the very far of the line you can be and someone being all the way to the right side on the very far line you think that they could be. Mm -hmm. But she was like, most people who are even like left and right are typically really close to the middle line and you're closer to each other 
than maybe even someone who's way far left, even though you're both left, you know, or someone who's way far right. Right. Like, there's a middle, and we just don't see things like that, you I know? I mean, it's because of social platforms. Yeah. They don't let you see things like that. People have a platform that they can just yell off the top of their tongue whatever they want to say. Yeah. But, like, even presidents, like, their policies are usually pretty close to that line. They might lean left or lean right or kind of lean a little bit more left or a little more right. But no, any president is, like, super far extreme that they're yeah. so far left. Like, the media paints the picture. And it's just, that's why I'm not on any of it. We got to be careful with, like, categorizing people and labeling people because just because they wear the right label or they wear the left label or they wear the gentle parenting label or whatever right. label it might be, you have no idea what's truly inside their heart and mind. You have no idea how far into that label they are or if it's just like, I agree with some aspects. You know, we have to yeah. be so careful with like just sticking people in these categories. Yeah, you can you can like talk to a person and realize, wow, they actually are really far right or really far left. And those people are out there. It's not hard to find them. But the people who seem like, oh, they don't really care about politics. If you talk to them, they probably lean one way or the other. They're just not you know, stake in the ground, waving the flag. That's where we are. We're just in the middle. Same with parenting. Same so, yeah. with everything. I just thought that was interesting because I think that pendulum swing thing works with marriage and parenting too. How we've kind of been really high prioritizing marriage for a little bit. And now I feel like it's the opposite, which that's just in my realm of things. Somewhere in a different part of the world, it might be completely different, you know? Right, yeah. Um, but I think it's just important to remember, like, when we talk about marriage, it should be normal to also include talking about kids. And when we talk about kids, it should be pretty normal to also discuss marriage. Like these dynamics were meant to be integrated together. For some reason, we have separated them so far away from each other and they're not. Like we all live in the same house. They coexist and we need to work on getting back to that design, God's design for the family and work together as a unit. We're all on the same team. We all need good relationships with each other. And I think that's important to remember that we can do that well. It's possible. Yeah. Remember that in every area. Well, good. Well, that's all I have for today. That was a good episode. That was a fun one. We talked about a lot. And there's, I'm like seeing into the future. There's only a couple of weeks till Christmas. Yes. We are so pumped for Christmas in yeah. October. I imagine we're going to be even more pumped when this airs in December, but <laughs> I will be pumped. I'm pumped right sure. now. For sure. Next week will be our holiday episode. Excited about that. Love it. Can't wait. We'll see you guys next week. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Oh, I could say that next week too. Yeah, we'll say it again. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>